Kia ora, I'm Tim McCready and this is Too Much Talk, a podcast from Onihanga FM. Way back in 1893, Elizabeth Yates became mayor of Onihanga and the first female mayor in the British Empire. She famously said, There is in both borough councils and in parliament too a great deal too much talk. Over the coming weeks, we'll be cutting through the talk and chatting with candidates and commentators ahead of the local body election about their vision for Onihanga and the surrounding suburbs. On this episode of Too Much Talk, we continue our conversations with local board candidates for the Monga Care Care subdivision and speak with Stuart Lithgow, who is running as an independent candidate. The other independent candidate, Christopher Carroll, has declined to be part of this podcast series. To make sure that all candidates are given roughly equal time, this is a shorter episode than the panel discussions held with those running together on a collective ticket. Kia ora, Stuart. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being here. You're welcome. I've got a, a pretty simple question to begin with. Uh, you're running as an independent, hoping to get onto the Mongakeke Tamaki local board representing the Mongakeke subdivision. Can you, in under two minutes, tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, so I am a retired teacher, although I've tried to get re-registered, but that's very complicated and may take me longer than I originally took to be certificated back in the late 60s, early 70s. I see the Uh, government's looking for a lot of teachers at the moment. They say they are, but the Teacher Registration Board uh, has lots of rules and they are, yes, Rules. Right. Anyway, sorry for interrupting. No, that's fine. Carry on. So um, I've been a teacher, primary, secondary training college, which turned into a university, two training colleges, a Catholic one that when integration happened, died. And Auckland College of Education that became part of Auckland University and doesn't have much of a music department left. So I have an interest in education. And I've also been part of two Steiner schools um, that were private, and then one of them got integrated. That's Michael Park over in Ellerslie mm-hmm. and uh, Titarangi Rudolf Steiner School in Langhome, Titarangi. So they are independent, and, I, and teachers can, but I certainly did get involved in administration and building projects, et cetera, et cetera. So that's me. I'm a grandfather of five, a, a father of four uh, sons, three with my wife and uh, later one who's in the room, 17 years old, you know, about to leave the nest um, with a partner who happens to be, yeah, not very well. Um, so I now have time on my hands, but I've always been interested in volunteer organisations. So I wrote a list of Kids Need Dads and uh, Onihanga Community House and mm-hmm. um, Everybody Eats and Seventh-day Adventist and lots of other charities that I think are worthy. And St. Peter's Church I've been involved with. All so right. Okay, I'll stop enough. you there. That's your two minutes. Um, but, but while we are getting to know you, could you tell me uh, one specific thing that really motivated you to want to run uh, for the local board? I was very annoyed with the council through lockdown because, first of all, they closed my shower. They closed the swimming pools, which was where I was showering. I was living in a camper van. Yes, and you, you mentioned this at the recent Onihunga Business Association yeah. event, right? That you, you lived in a camper van during the COVID lockdown. Yeah, and I went weekly to where my son lives, which was where I used to live at Langholm Beach. So that was one trip a week. Um. 
to see him because that was considered my bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, um, the showers and ablutions was uh, not available. And bless me, if uh, within a week or two, the council locked every public toilet and then told us that you know that was keeping us safe well no what does a person do i'll leave it to your imagination the sea basically and onihanga has a sea but you've got to get the tides right and when the weather's cold it's not the greatest and your towels get very salty so i I meet a lot of rough sleepers Mm. of whom there are a few in in um Hunger and St. Peter's Church uh, alcove became a good place for people who wanted to feel safe, even if they didn't have a house. Yeah. What What are the kinds of things that you think uh, local boards could do to better support uh, the rough sleepers in the community? Well, they've got to kick the council into action to really be serious about um, social housing. I mean, some countries do it normally. New Zealand kind of plays at it and what's been happening in Rotorua is an example of if you take all the rough sleepers and put them all in neighbouring motel units, you know, they may not enjoy each other's company and they'd rather some of them go back to sleeping under trees or in tents or in local church foyers because at least they meet with a broad section of the population. They have a community, yeah. It's not an easy question, but the the rental prices in the city of Auckland are, are beyond person on a pension, for example. And the government just says, oh, we'll subsidise. Well, that's not a long-term answer. That only subsidises the um, people who own the places. And I once owned a, a rental in Avondale, so I can see it from both sides. But the costs are very high. Too high. Everybody yeah. says it. But what do you do about it? it. My plan was very early to get all those, get a whole lot of camper vans from near the airport and just rent them out through the council. But neither the council nor the Labour Party seemed to think that they wanted to do that. So what could I do? I'm just an individual. Yeah. Well, what what do you think? Because, you know, you'll be an individual, but you'll be on the local board. And sure. um, how, how do you think an independent candidate can uh, can influence change when you've got, you know, um, CNR and you've got City Vision there? What can a, what's, what does an, an independent candidate bring? Well, they can speak. And uh, sometimes I've heard it said that you you speak and then five years later, people say, well, that wasn't such a silly idea. Um, I know that initially it's a three-year term, but um, I, I've already made a few friends. Friends. Um, I mean, I've known the um, the policeman Don for a long time. I think Miss mm-hmm. Revel, who fear, uh, founded the Perry Place, is a bright girl and seems to have given a good plan to the government, who said, "Yeah, we'll do what we can." So there are individuals can make a difference. Mm-hmm. Vickers can make a difference. Um, everybody eats has made a difference. An individual can make a difference, but they need to get people around them who agree with them. Yeah, 
Yeah. Some of the, uh, as part of this podcast, we've been talking to some of some locals about what some of the big issues they see in the, in the area are. Uh, one of the things uh, that has come up quite a bit is safety on the streets and that's safety in terms of crime, but also, you know, the roads being safe for all users. Uh, what kinds of things would you like to see happen uh, in, in our, in our part of Auckland? Yeah, well, my father was a road safety man, part of the AA, and he more or less told Mr Muldoon that in other countries, politicians don't drink and drive. And this is in the 70s. And Mr Muldoon said, go away. We're not interested. But now <laughs> politicians that. do not drink and drive. Hmm. Uh, seat belts have become normal. Crash helmets have become normal. I can't see why. If they really want people not to speed, they don't put governors on car engines and um, speed cameras that just take a photo, no mucking around if you're over the speed limit by a large margin. You just get the fine that becomes kind of expensive. But the government, I think, likes the money that comes in from taking people to court. And I have a young brother who's at Queen's Council, so I know a lot about King, the King's Council now. King's Council, sorry. You are right. <laughs> He's lost his job and got another one. But so on council, what sort of what sort of things do you would you would you influence at the local board level? Well, um, a know, common to... sense is sometimes lacking. The plan to put uh, blockages of streets in Onihanga. I was at the initial meeting, and the council thought we've had a meeting. Some people agree. Let's do it. Um, and it backfired, and it made them look as though they um, were just bulldozing. They weren't actually bulldozing, but to say something once is not really consultation. So consultation is complicated. I have worked on building projects, and the architects say everybody that is connected with it has to be in the room when the decision's made. Otherwise, it's not a decision. So consultation, all stakeholders need to be there. So, so yeah, that low traffic neighbourhood, the, the boxes that you mentioned, yeah. um, re- regardless of whether or not the consultation was appropriate, did you did you agree with the, the idea and principle? Um, no. I've lived in Ponsonby, and when they put speed humps in Ponsonby, I know that a house burnt down because the fire engine couldn't get through. Now, that kind of thing is just stupid. I mean, if you're going to slow traffic down, you can't make it so that fire engines can't get to fires or ambulances can't get to sick people. You've got to do better than that. Mm. I'm curious if uh, just to know if you made it onto onto the local board, what's one idea or change that you'd like to uh, to introduce to make the street safer in in terms safer. of uh, in terms yeah in terms of crime in terms of crime. Well, to me. Crime is often caused by people who either don't like their life or don't like the way they're treated in life. And if you have a house, then you have an investment in something. If you feel you're being um, put down by councils and governments and treated like riffraff, you might feel that you can behave like that. So I'm a socialist in that sense. I think that everybody deserves to have the chance of a dwelling that's dry and toilets that work, and uh, food that's, uh, you know, that's affordable, and uh, food actually and clothing in Onihanga is not expensive, but by rents and house prices are way out of whack. 
and that's not simple, yeah. but at least they are they've stabilized. So it, it's sort of. But I thought the camper van idea would would house some people who otherwise may not be housed. Mm, mm. All right. Well, um, we'll we'll uh, finish off with. I've got a couple of quick fire questions here for you. So if you can, if you can answer these in one sentence or less, ideally, uh, just so people can get to know you. Uh, what suburb do you live in? I'm living in Blockhouse Bay at the moment because I'm of living with a friend who's letting me put the camper van so it gets uh, re-registered and really cleaned up because I like it. It and you know it, yeah. So. Mm. And during lockdown in the camper van, whereabouts did you? I was park in up? the countdown car there. park, and I've got a little oh, yes. issue with Auckland Transport, who knew that all the signs in that car park said countdown car park, but they they said no, it's our car park, and you have a time limit, and you've got to have your car registered and warranted, and um, all right, yeah, we, messy. we won't we won't delve too much cases. into that. But- I can imagine that uh, that does sound pretty messy. Uh, when was the last time you used public transport? Yesterday. Most days. Yep. I, I also have an electric scooter. So from from um, from uh, Blockhouse Bay, I use the electric scooter, catch the bus to um, Ornihunga, and then I've got my electric scooter, which will last me all the day. Great. Buses nice. are great. Okay, from ele- yeah. yeah. From electric scooters, when was the last time you, you rode a bike in Auckland? Uh, today. I've got right. two uh, bikes, and you know, I ride them alternately with the electric scooter. and Push bikes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I bought that right. at a recycling centre in Thames, believe it or not, oh, called the Seagull Centre or something. Very good. All right, all right. Uh, how often do you drive? Um, on alternate days. It depends if I've got to carry a lot of musical instruments or I have to go to places. I, I sing in a choir. And that means I have to go to Remuera at 11 o'clock at night till 11 o'clock at night and uh, the buses and scooters. Anyway, yeah. I'm a right. Scot, so su- saving money is always a priority. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, do you support light rail from no. Nihanga to the airport? Oh, okay. I would have carried on the the existing line, um, you know, the heavy rail, and I would have brought a line along Puanui, but that's a big thing and I've talked to people and it's not going to be solved today. All right. Uh, do you think the streets in Mongakeke are safe? I've always felt safe. I know some others don't, but then I know people. And sometimes I've said the hood will protect me. So if you are not overtly ostentatious in your lifestyle, that makes me feel safer. All right. Uh, if you could make just one change in Onihanga to revitalize it, what would that be? I would get the east, uh, the western end of the Onihanga Wharf opened up yesterday, so that's the ramp and the place where coffee and and food and things. And I've talked to Eki Panuku, and they, you know, it's not easy, but they'll be helped by getting a bomb under them. I shouldn't use that word. Um, and things like canoeing at high tide, and I think the wharf project in line with the bridge project. And in general, shopping is pretty good. Don't mess with it. Don't make the whole thing into a covered mall. Leave independent shopkeepers to what they do best, which is look after individual needs. All right. You slipped a couple of changes in there, but I'll I'll allow it. (laughs) Uh, And final question, I ask everyone this. Tell me your favorite place in Onihunga and why you love it. 
I got so many. Uh, I play uh, volleyball Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning at seven thirty with an outfit called Jelly Belly. So at the moment, the William Jordan Gymnasium, and long may it stay, mm-hmm. even though it leaks a bit, needs to be, you know, the roof needs to be fixed. Long may it remain. You know, we got lot Great. the library, everything. Yeah. Yep. Yep. The okay. gymnasium. No, we'll, take, we'll take that one. The gymnasium. Okay. And uh, and and can you just tell us uh, in under a minute why people listening to this should consider voting for you rather than keeping the the three CNR candidates that are currently on the local board or city vision? Yes, I don't think that uh, national politics really belongs in local government. Uh, that's my opinion. I know, for example, that in the last term. There were four Labour people on the Tamaki side and three national people on the Mangakiki side. And so whenever there was an impasse, it was just a block vote. I mean, that doesn't help. So any independents that can say, let's let's not look at it from a party political point of view uh, has to help. All right. Well, Stuart, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. It's You're been welcome. Good to talk to you. I'm. I get the feeling that there's probably a lot more stories you could, there are uh, you lots could share of with stories. us. But uh, yeah, all the best with the rest of the campaign. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for listening to this conversation. If you enjoyed it, please share it with your friends and your neighbours, and make sure to connect with me on social media. I'm Tim underscore McCready on both Twitter and Instagram, and I'd love to hear from you. Thanks also to my producer, Josh Couch, who dreamed up Onihanga FM to bring hyper-local content to the residents of Onihanga and surrounding suburbs. I'll be back with the next episode soon. And don't forget to vote. Voting closes on the 8th of October. Mm